and welcome back to our call to the pen. I know it's been several weeks since you guys have seen us. I think it's um, been months. It's, I mean, it's yeah. been a long time. There hasn't been much to report, but we are yeah. glad to announce that MLB has finally said that we will be seeing a 2020 season come July 23rd or 24th. Uh, players will be reporting uh, July 1st. So are you guys excited? Because I think I am. It's about time. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> Tell us why. Uh, just because I just, right now we've already been about three months into the season. To play 60 games, it almost feels like a simulated version of a video game. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's cool to have baseball back, but... It's definitely going to feel weird when you only see the final record being played out of 60 games versus the usual 162. What about you, Shane? I'm just waiting for the other shooter job. This is already a disaster, <laughs> which I'll get into once we go through all the details. And it's, uh, it's a recipe for, for not just disaster, but tragedy. But I'll get into that later. This is very true. So MLP, MLBPA, um, they actually said that they have all the remaining issues have been resolved and players will be reporting to training camps. The, the coldest statement of all time. Yeah. <laughs> With good reason, but the, like literally the coldest. It's like basically, it's like when you fire someone, you say, yeah, we wish them the best. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I mean, so with regard to issues, COVID is probably the biggest issue that we're going to be seeing here. Um, they will be staggering uh, reporting dates. They will have a workout process that's broken out into three phases, being a smaller group, then the larger group, and then the whole team. Um, and they will have a COVID educational course to make sure that everybody is following all the health and safety standards across the board. Shane, I see your eye roll. I'll save it for my rant later. <laughs> um, they also will be filling out symptom and exposure questionnaires. I just want to know how these are all going to be processed and what, what the standards are going to be here um, regarding those questionnaires. Um, they will also be doing an intake screening, um, which is kind of a method that's been uh, becoming standard across the board when it comes to COVID. So they're going to be testing their temperatures, um, doing the nose swab and the blood tests. Um, they will be tested every other day, even if they're asymptomatic, to hope to limit uh, COVID exposure to all the players as well as the members and the staff. So initial thoughts? I can't wait to see how they fill that out, though. Like, like, Look, half these players aren't taking this seriously regardless. So what, what's that... Possible exposure can be like, well, on the night of May 12th, I was at this club, and on the night of June 1st, I was at this other club, and there were these four women, and this day there were these five women, and then I went home to my wife, and then there was this. But yeah, no, I'm sure I'm good. Please. Also, do they have to report, like, let's just say he encountered his wife. Does he have to report who his wife came encountered with? If they're doing proper contact tracing? Probably. My question. But I'm also thinking the players, I took the COVID test. You know how uncomfortable it is to have that swab up your nose? Showed up your nose? Just imagine having that done Dude, every other day. I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't stand it. I don't think, I, realistically, 
they'll follow through with this maybe the first month and then they won't be as consistent as the season goes on. I can see How that. do you guys feel about hearing uh, that the Phillies actually have seven players and five staff members who have tested positive? Not as wonderful as I felt when the news came out two days ago that 40 additional players that aren't being named on teams that aren't being named have it as well. So, yeah. Do we see the dominoes already falling is my question. Yeah. Okay, I mean, so Toronto Blue Jays, to... the Toronto Blue Jays don't even know where the hell they're going to be doing spring training because everyone's doing, which is another thing. Okay, real small <laughs> rant. Another thing. Like, all these governors, everyone's just like, oh, man, it's so exciting. Everyone's going to be doing spring training in their home ballparks. Yay! Like, for a place like Arizona where they didn't give a shit to begin with and they got high numbers, a place like Florida, fine, whatever. You're just contributing to a problem that's already started that you're not even at your peak yet. A place like New York, like us, that has at, peaked in the first wave and has done pretty well and is on the road to recovery and just on to reopen. Now, all of a sudden, all these players and all this staff are going to come up here and if you keep them contained, sure, but you're not going to keep them contained. The players fought the idea of being isolated from their family and friends. So you're bringing these people up who have been in Arizona and who have been in Florida back to these states that are doing well. That's not a cause of celebration that they're going to be here testing the waters for the next month during spring training. And, and, and then the Blue Jays, because the countries are still had their borders closed, where are they going to play? I'll give you – I'll bet – all the money in your pockets to all the money in my pockets that the Toronto Blue Jays will go to the nearest city to Toronto with two ballparks so they can alternate if need be. Where would that be? Oh, New York. Whatever. Yeah. With that said, Shane, why don't you go into the schedule as well as yes. uh, the, the rosters? Yeah, all right. Well, the format for regional schedule is finalized. The exact schedule still needs to be made, but we know the structure of it. Every team will play 40 games against divisional foes, 10 apiece, and 20 interleague games against geographic equivalent, meaning like the Mets are going to face the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and so on and so forth, And uh, which makes sense for the least amount of traveling and, and, and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, as far as rosters go, uh, the teams will submit a 60-player roster uh, we'll, um, uh, we'll open with a 30-player roster. Um, then that's going to – they had to submit this, the, the rosters, by 3 p.m. on Sunday. This coming up, the 28th. And uh, so basically what's going to happen is that 30 players will be in the active number. That number will drop to 28 after two weeks and 26 after four weeks. Um, with there not being minor leagues, each team will have a basically a 40-player roster uh, – 60-player roster instead of 40, including a three-man taxi squad that can travel with the team one of those three players has to be a catcher. Um, but the biggest thing is, is that it remains to be seen what's going to have, who's going to play and who isn't from the main rosters, i.e. high risk players, players who just choose to opt out. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be weird because players at high risk will get service time and will get paid because they're basically going to have an agreement not to play players who right. just opt out, which I really don't foresee many of them doing that because they're young and they're gung ho and they're like, Oh, I, I'm invincible. But uh, they won't get service time. They won't get pay. So we'll see. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, do you see foresee anyone on the Mets opting out? Definitely not. No, I don't think so. I mean, especially it's all about the money. The, well, it is. It is about the money, but also, I mean, towards the end of the season, we did finish on a high note. Although we didn't make the playoffs, like these these guys are eager to play. They're not gonna. Yeah. 
just sit out because of this, even if it is to play 60 games. Yeah, I don't foresee anyone in the Mets doing that. Definitely not. I don't. To be honest, I don't see very many people doing that in general, unless they know that they're high risk, unless that they know that they're going to be exposing themselves to this, unless they're really worried for yeah. the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victor, okay. you take the DH. Take, take, take it, Victor. Well, with that, I mean, they're going to have a universal DH. So, according to this, the MLB will have at least two rule changes this season, a universal DH, which means pitchers will no longer bat, and they'll have a de designated hitter. And on top of that, a base runner will be placed on second at the start of every half inning in extras. I like the universal DH. I don't feel crazy about it. I don't know it. about the second base. Same. We're all in agreement there. It kind yeah. of feels like co-ed softball where they're like, all right, we want shorter <laughs> innings, so here we're just going to do a little bit yeah. of fun over here. Why don't they just start with a one-on-one -on -one count? I mean, shit. Uh. It's, I don't know, the DH, we've all warmed up to it over time as National League people. It's a good idea, man. It is. Like, what, aside, aside from Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard. Which we don't have. Madison Bumgarner. And no, yeah, Noah's out. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And Madison Bumgarner, but I know he plays for Arizona. Like, who could really hit the ball that's a pitcher? And, no, it's just the way yeah. that bad. It is. Someone else take this and 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 with the tight season, and they're probably going to be a number of doubleheaders. Like this keeps the pitchers fresh. We'll see. Yeah. I'm sure we've seen the last of the pitchers hitting, unless it's uh, intentional pinch hit kind of thing that that you might put somebody out there for. I'm pretty sure that as they go into the next player agreement for 2021, maybe 2021, we have the pitchers hitting again. But I think this is pretty much the the, the final nail in the coffin for that. I think. We'll see the DH universally moving forward. And as far as the guy on second goes, not thrilled. That'll be tossed out real quick once we get back to normal. Yeah, I feel like this is just going to be a very extended spring training or uh, like a preseason. It almost like, uh, I don't know, this, this would be the year for the best to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, Victor, we what did you say last in. night? What did you say last night exactly, Victor? It was perfect. Well, that would be the most. It would be the most Mets thing to win the World Series this year. Yep. I dread it because I, like I know it's it. possible. No, why? Why do you want a, a World Series with an asterisk next to it, where we have to deal with these douchebags across uh, across town going like, "It's not legit. It's not legit." But if they win it, they'll have a parade. Oh, of course. They'll have a social distancing parade if the Yankees <laughs> win it. If the Mets win it, they'll have a Zoom party. Where all the other teams talk about how it's not legit, it's just. Uh, but it could so happen. It could and, with, with Cespedes' DH and Cano and Cespedes splitting DH. Yeah. It it could happen. And the fact that there's no um, like fans can't attend the stadium. It's like what kind of what what kind of playoff atmosphere are you gonna have if no one could actually show up and celebrate? I remember laughing in 2008 because the Phillies' final game of the, where they clinched the World Series in 2008 was rained out the first night, so it was two halves of a game over two nights. And I was like, well, that kind of kills the momentum. Ha ha. If you had to win, at least you won in some weird fashion. This would yeah. be mm, far worse. What do you <sighs> think that they're going to do in order to kind of create that atmosphere for the players? They're going to do what they do in soccer. They uh, have like uh, a sound of the crowd playing throughout the stadium. Do you think they'll do a Zoom party with players and maybe show it on the, the board? Well, why would they do a Zoom party for what? I don't that's, know, to give the, the players some little, like, nah, 
I doubt it. I feel like they're just going to play the normal sounds they do through the stadium, and then they're going to, in the background, they'll play, like, a crowd chanting or something. If you guys watch, like, any of the English Premier League or the, uh, La Liga, that's what they do now. Mm-hmm. I, w- I will say that going back to what we were talking about before, I, d- I with the DH and it kind of being dispelling the beginning of the end of uh, pitchers hitting, I think this season will be the grand testing ground, the beta testing yeah, for, a lot, for a lot of the changes they want to implement because they've been talking about extra innings, finding a way to get them down because they want to reduce the runtime. Don't get rid of the commercials, but reduce the, the length of the game so people will watch more, make it more urgent, reduce this have less games in the season anyway. So I think this is just the beta test for them to see how they can make lasting fundamental changes to the game that will make it look less like baseball than it has, I feel like. Yeah. I can agree there, especially I think that's another reason why the negotiations probably took so long because they had that in the back of their head. Yeah. All right, so transaction. The transaction freeze will end this week, so trades will resume. Do you guys have any thoughts on maybe immediate trades that you see happening right right away? No. I mean, the announcement of deadline, the trade deadline is going to be? Yeah, that's going to be. August 31st. Yep. Yeah. It's just a month out from the normal date, which is July 31st, so. I, think I don't too see soon. any notable Mets being traded away. Um, I would perhaps maybe a month in you'll trade like role player just to get a reliever back or something, but nothing's gonna be a, a blockbuster trade. I think if anything, any move the Mets make won't be a trade. I think it'll be signing Bartolo Colon. I'm not. That's not even a joke. Yeah, he wants to or play. Think, or they might trade. Oh Steven yeah, Mats. I heard that too. Wait, trade who, Victor? Stephen Matz. Mm. Stephen Matz. Oh. Yeah, Good I can see him. that. All right, so we also have a COVID-specific inactive list. So according to ESPN's uh, Jeff Passan, uh, the MLB will have a specific inactive list that players will be placed on if and when they test positive or show symptoms. There will be no set amount of time for the players to sit out, unlike the injured list, which requires hitters to miss at least 10 days. Do you guys see this being problematic in any fashion? Nah. We have to see when the season plays out. Yeah. That, that's because essentially, think about it this way. The, the Everyone who's been exposed in the Phillies, as well as the additional 40 players, all of those will land on the inactive list. Do you think we'll get to see who those additional 40 players I mean, right now, there is, what, today's the 23rd or the 24th. Um, there's still time for those players to recover if they're showing any symptoms. I don't think the Phillies, I don't think their roster is going to be dismantled any by any chance. And even so, whatever the MLB comes into action with any sanctions regarding this, I see every ball club starting with their everyday roster and you won't be seeing any like minor league players or any role players starting. I think that's also, I think the staggered reporting times for spring training is a built-in mechanism to shield the players from being exposed in the press. Those players like those 40 who have tested positive, that's a way to be like, all right, well, people are going to come in step-by-step anyway as we follow procedure. This allots them that extra week and a half, two weeks to beat it, who have already tested positive, I feel like. 
Yeah. But yeah, again, our, once you start showing, once you start testing positive, once you test positive or start showing signs, by then it's too late. You've exposed everyone you're close to, whether you're six feet apart in a locker room or not. So, yeah. again, it's a disaster waiting to happen, in my opinion. I mean, I think when it comes to reopening the country to COVID in general, it's all a disaster waiting to happen. It's all about being diligent, making sure that we're all following things to the letter, which yeah. is why the educational course will come in handy. <laughs> Shane, why don't you tell us about the uh, unsigned players heading to Nashville? All right. Well, here's perhaps the most surprising element of the details. Hold on, hold on, hold on. wait, wait, wait. You have to do it in the Nashville. All right, place, all right. Here we go. Whole, whole okay, here. So, unsigned players heading to Nashville. Here are perhaps the most surprising element of the details revealed so far. Per Stark, MLB has has talked with the city of Nashville about hosting two teams of unsigned players who would be paid to remain in shape as potential replacement players should the need arise during the season. Teams would then have to pay to add these players. It's unclear exactly who would be involved and how it works, but it's worth knowing that it's a possibility being discussed. <laughs> so it's a two-team minor league system in Nashville. Like a, say that again? It's a two-team minor league. Two, it's a minor league. It's two-team minor league in Nashville, and it almost feels like when you're playing, uh, like, uh, what, what is it? Draft baseball, whatever. Yeah. Not, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Why? Why can't I think of the right term? It's a pick up, pick up baseball. Kind of pick up baseball, yeah. When yeah. you're doing yeah. like, uh, you, you're doing like the league, your own a fantasy league kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, I see. Like yeah, in, in a fan, where you have just a city full of players yeah. that you could. Uh, I think it's a good idea. Pick up off the waivers. How do you think that they'll be designating who goes where? Do you think it's going to be kind of like a draft pick process, or it's just going to be like, okay, you go there, you go there, you go there? Well, it sounds like it'll I mean, be 52 if they, players. If, if they do it uh, in fantasy where, let's say they take last year's record, so the Nationals won the World Series, so they'll have last dibs at any players, and then the worst team gets first dib at any players. So what happens is that the from worst to the best teams, that's going to be the order in which teams mm -hmm. could probably pick up a new player. Because say two teams want the same player, kind of like waivers. Right? Yeah, it'll be it'll be a waiver. See, I I almost feel like maybe this is a thing where it's just how they pick the players. I don't know. Being that it sounds like they'll probably be fifty-two players, and how they'll designate who goes to that, who from the minor leagues goes to that, or, or from the sixty-man. Rosters, I don't know, but I almost feel like maybe it's not a waiver thing. It's going to be like we have a set amount of pitchers, starters, relievers, shortstops, first base, this and this. So that what was that? Sorry about that, guys. Oh, that was you. I was like, is that me? <laughs> but I almost feel like I have a speed bump right in front of my house. Ah, so I almost feel like maybe it's a thing where if a team is lacking this position now they'll be able to pay to get that person from these teams and then they'll be replaced with somebody else almost. Maybe it's not a way. I don't know. It's obviously, like they said, it's still a work in progress. So we'll see how that, that works out. I think Victor's way makes more sense though. It's fair. It does. The biggest element of all of this that we still have to discuss. The money. The money. The dollar, dollar bill, yeah. Okay, so under the imposed season, players will receive the full prorated shares of their salary, or about 
of their full season salaries and $1.5 billion total. The postseason will remain at 10 teams, and players will not receive forgiveness on the $170 million salary advance that they received as a part of the March agreement and will get no money from the postseason. So well, are we happy money? Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is the embarrassment that is MLB. Before we get into happy things and predictions, hopefully happy things. This is a joke. All this every the way MLB, both the, the, the league, the owners, and the players association have conducted themselves is an embarrassment to everything that baseball should stand for. This is going back to the March 26th or whatever hell it was agreement. This, nothing, in three months, they made no headway. They ended up going back because they knew they had to go back because Manfred was going to just impose a season, and it is what it is. Players wanted more games and better pay, and and to not have their pay reduced again because that's not what the agreement said. There would be a one-time thing. Then they wanted this. The owners wanted that. They didn't want to spend the money, but they want to save money so they can still make profits. And they're not going to put it towards the people who work in the stadiums anyway. So the common man isn't making up for it. And the fact of the matter is, is that you're in a global recession. You're in a financial crisis where millions upon millions. And let's just take just as America. Just Americans don't have money, don't have their jobs are struggling for food and table, roof over their heads, and you've got billionaires versus millionaires. And yes, it's not that simple. They're not all millionaires, but they're getting paid a minimum of 500-something thousand dollars a year to play the game on the lowest end of the, of the spectrum. And the minor leaguers got screwed, and I feel for them. And some teams, like some people like in the national, certain, certain of the higher-end players on that team have taken care of those minor league players. It hasn't been across the board, though. People have gotten screwed. And the fact of the matter is that you're getting paid to play a game. Now, I don't think we should be doing it, period, because of COVID. I think we just have to suck it up and say it's a luxury. It's not a necessity. The second one player dies, God forbid, this is going to look tremendously horrible. Right now, you got tennis stars with it. Who knows what's going to happen? Then the NFL is coming back. The NHL is coming back. The NBA is coming back. MLB is coming back. It's a recipe for disaster with a bunch of kids who we saw with that one basketball player touching all the microphones. People don't take this seriously. So that's a problem. But the way they've conducted themselves is an embarrassment. And what the players should have done is come out in a statement and say, we understand. And yes, it's a tactic. But it would have at least gotten the people on their stuff, fans on their side, say, we understand what's going on in the country, and people are struggling. This is a game we're paid well for. While we don't agree with with the owners and the commissioner trying to cut back on our pay against the agreement we already made to scale back our pay, we're willing to do it so the fans can have something, providing it's safe for us to play. The fans can have a distraction. That's our service to you. That's our thank you to the fans who keep us employed. Or the owners could have said something. Someone could have come together and said, we're doing it for the people, not for ourselves. And LMLB has already become the lowest of the main four of the of the sports. They're already struggling to redefine the game, to keep people invested. And now you're going back to a time where it's very, 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 very similar to how it was after the strike and during the strike. And it looks ridiculous. And they got another agree. They had to do another contract in the next year or two. Like, the fact that they're only worried about themselves is a disgrace. And now it's all about the pay, and now it's going to be all about health. And what's going to happen? God forbid the worst-case scenario, which is starting with one player, God forbid, dying or being in, on a ventilator. It's a recipe for disaster, not just in the eyes of the people, 
But then the, the fact is, they're playing with fire. Do you think that they will react the same in the event that a player is put on a ventilator or one of the staff members? I don't think they give a shit about staff. I think if a player, especially someone like a Bryce Harper or a Mike Trout or a Pete Alonso or someone who means something to the league is on a vent, I think they stop. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks to say, but if it is a member of the staff, I think they'll sweep it under the rug. It will make I hope they don't. It. Um, in terms of players, yeah, it, it, depending on the name of the player, what brand and what they represent to the league, that's what it is. But alluding back to Shane's point, um, I was even saying this before. People, like, I lost interest in baseball to begin with. Hey, pause one minute, there's a truck. <laughs> All right, yeah, so during the last three months, I completely lost interest in baseball. Like, I, not that the news didn't concern me, whether or not the negotiations were going on, but it was just the fact that it was going back and forth so often that I was just like, okay, I'll look forward to watching soccer. I'll look forward to uh, the basketball season. And now the MLB has a lot to catch up with in terms of re-engaging their fans. Because for me, a big part of being a baseball fan is going to the stadiums rather than watching it on TV. And now how engaged will I be um, watching it on TV or how, how dedicated will I be to being a baseball this is very true. Do you think that along the way we're going to lose some fans in general, at least this season alone? Aside from the fact that this whole process has been frustrating and just people are dis disappointed with how things panned out, but do you think we will see less fans across the board be involved this season? Mm. It's a little conflicting. It's a slippery slope because on one hand you could say, yes, there are fans that lost interest and probably won't watch baseball this season anymore. But at the same time, people have been cooped up. They've been wanting something to enjoy recreationally. So they are going to tune into baseball. Now, does this mean fans are going to be outside of the stadium watching the games or anything <laughs> like that? I doubt it. But um, you definitely... You'll be seeing more fan engagement on social media than in person. Yeah. I think I think it comes down to, in part, a, a lot of factors. I, 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 I agree with you, Victor. It's going to be a double-edged sword. Some people, are, like, I mean, I'm going to be pissed, but I'm going to watch. You know, I'm not saying I'm withdrawing myself from it, but I'm annoyed at them. I'm disappointed in them. I think for a lot of people, it's going to be that. It's like this, this some of it's going to be watching a train wreck. You know, you can't turn away. Some of it's going to be like, F you guys are worrying only about the money and not just getting it together like the other leagues did. And I'm struggling here, but you know what? This is what I've got to distract myself right now. Those people, a lot of those people weren't able to go to the games to begin with. So, I, I don't know. It's uh, I think a lot of it also depends on the policies that the teams have. Like when we were looking to do season tickets, possibly, thankfully, we didn't. How I those people are going to be treated. That's one of the things I'm most thankful for. Right? I mean, how are those fans going to be treated, though, as far as refunds or or discounts for the next season? You know, I know each team is going to have a different policy, and I'm sure the Mets policy would be one of the worst. And so how – how I mean, so, so many factors are going to go into what happens with the fan base here. I think it's, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see. 
on a good note, let's look at some of the tweets that we've seen so far as a result of the news. PDP. Who? What's that? Okay, sure. Well, Pete Alonzo (laughs) tweeted, baseball is back, baby. And I only have one thing to say. And it was the uh, the LFGM, which on the fun side, thank God, on the side note, we were talking about this the other day on text, the three of us, the uh, the article from, I think, the Post, where it was like, Pete Alonso is part of the ever-evolving crude, crudeness of baseball because they had, let's fucking go Mets. It's like, oh, God, you guys have nothing to write about. But here's Pete back with the LFGM. <laughs> I do love Pete Alonso. I do love Pete Alonso. Then you had the next one. It was a... Uh, a tweet from the New York Mets where it was uh, after Pete Alonso walk off with the Gatorade shower and it just captured the Damn right. And then they had another one an hour after that that was just... Uh, let's a, play ball. Let's play ball. It was a, a, one of those gifts of Pete Alonso being very much into and, it. Yeah. And then, of course, this one I added because of poor Victor. <laughs> it was the Boston Red Sox and it was the gif of from the office. Oh my God! It's happening! It's happening! Which is one of Victor's favorite memes, yeah. gifts to create for the Mets, and he's gotten so much traction from our fans and our followers that uh, it just sucks that yeah, they that they cool. stole it. That, that was a good one. I'm, I mean, the Red Sox—they have a good sense of humor. I'm glad they don't they do. on they that do. office bandwagon. They well, do. I'm glad you like it. So, well, Victor, you want to talk about predictions? Quick off the cuff yeah. predictions? Yeah, I, I wanted to jump into that. I think the Mets will have one of the more competitive schedules because you're going up against the Atlanta team, the Washington Nationals, the Phillies. Then on the opposite side in the AL, you're facing the Yankees who, let's face it, they've been the bigger brother in New York. and They have the greatest odds along off. with the Dodgers right now. Yeah. The odds and are like with six, their signing six to one. Garrett Cole, like they're looking to be pretty solid. Um, I mean, the Red Sox, they could either be hit or miss. Uh, then you know what we were looking at the Blue Jays, who can also be competitive. Tampa, who's also good. On up, yeah. Uh, and then hopefully the Mets could take advantage and beat up on the weaker teams in each division. So if you know you're talking about the Miami Marlins and the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. So well, I, one funny thing now, I don't know if you guys can see this. Uh, it's one. It says. Uh, you got to read the caption for us. The Mets can't collapse in June if baseball starts in July. We'll start. <laughs> That's amazing. But uh, no, I agree with you 100%, Victor. If we can take advantage of the Marlins, the few times we see the Orioles, uh, but it's 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 going to be a tough, tough season. Yeah, it's a very tough season. I, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do the playoff. If it's going to be like the standard division race that we have. I think so. Uh, I think they said it's going to be past season, but. This is lit- so now. Before the things to be like it's based on how you finish the season. Now there's a big emphasis on how you start the season because that's right. yeah. If you start off on you know a seven game losing streak, then that's it. You could consider the season a wash. I mean, but it's also starting off the season with all the health and procedures and all these new things coming into play and how that will affect the season as well. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, it's the wins and losses. That, that's what matters. There's not going to be next to the L category, oh, we didn't have these players. It's just, did you win or lose? Well, I almost no, feel like... The I feel like... No, I'm, I mean, I'm saying, like, you, you're not going to get any sympathy from teams just because you're going to have 
say Jake DeGrom or Pete Alonso not playing the game. Mm, I kind of think you might give any circuit. I think in the past with the Mets, especially we had uh, Ray Ramirez and that disaster for medical staff, it's like, that's on you. You know, an ankle bone spur becomes a career-ending injury for Ike Davis or whatever it was. I think now, if God forbid the worst happens to any team, where this pandemic, where it's basically like, you're exposed, you shouldn't have come back, and you lost players, not hopefully not in death, but if you lose players in health for the time being, because it takes a while even once you beat it for some people to come back. These guys are young, so hopefully they can beat it. But um, I think then you're going to be like, you'll be looked at as like, this was just a mistake. It's not even like, oh, sympathy for a team specifically, but it's like, this this shouldn't have happened. We could have avoided this. And so it's like, if you do lose because, God forbid, Jacob gets it or Pete gets it, at that point, probably most of the team has it. Then it's like, oh, man. Because entire teams could be removed from... Like, what happens if if you have a 26-man roster? Yes, you have 60 players. But you lose, of the main 26, you lose 20 players or 15 players. Then your team's effectively just not even competitive. They're just showing up. Like, what... It's, 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 it's going to be weird. Ready to explode. Yeah. But I mean, yes, it comes down to the wins and losses. But I think I I think personally that now more than ever, there's at least a buffer for why if you lose a player for this reason, for the COVID reason, why you might be understood as to why your team wasn't competitive. Because let's face it, we lose a Jacob and we lose a Pete. And we lose a McNeil and a Conforto. We lose those four players. Like, let's the team's gonna suffer. Yeah, but but that's. I mean, it's it's about luck. It's about health. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, the best team is gonna win. When playoffs are gonna be put out with whatever roster is on hand. Who wins the World right. Series yeah. this year? The Detroit Tigers. No, world's uh, honestly the Yankees. Ashley, I see the Yankees winning it. To be honest, I would love for the Mets to win, even though they'll be like, "Oh, it wasn't a real season." You're too young to know what you're asking for. <laughs> too young of a Mets fan. So you think the Mets? You think the Mets, Ashley? I would like it to be. Oh, I see. Honestly, I see a Yankees Dodgers World Series. I can see that. They just plow through. I have, I don't know who my final pick is. I'll have it before spring training ends. On one hand, I think we're cursed and the Mets are going to win it. And everyone's (laughs) going to laugh at us for forever. And every time it'll be like celebrating the Johan no hitter. It's going to be like, uh, and I think on the other hand, it could just be the Yankees. So we have to deal with the number 28 being spread across the city. And I'll just say (laughs) 27.432. Yeah. Or just give it to the Padres or some team that has not a chance in hell, but holy shit, they got hot. They came back. And it's like everyone goes, okay, okay. Or Houston takes it, which would be. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Hashtag anyone but Houston. Actually, I would I would be funny just because the controversy would continue because they're going to be like we're going to show before COVID happened we're going to show you we're going to win this year and they ha- they had yeah. to win to shut people up but now if they they win 
Did they shut anybody up or did they get lucky in a short season so the controversy continues and then you're going to hear the Dodger fans crying and Clayton Kershaw throwing another temper tantrum and the Yankees crying and them throwing another temper tantrum? It'd be kind of funny as long as we're out of it. All right, so there are obviously a lot more news, a lot more predictions to come from us as well as you know some stuff from the MLB. So stay tuned because we will be back hopefully soon. With greater frequency, spring training starts in uh, a week, I think, from today, I think it is. Yeah. And yeah, uh, we're like going to be back on, the, on your screens a lot more regularly. So, you know, we all took a break and uh, we didn't want to be that t- channel that went through every uh, single the, the development. Because I had to renegotiate my contract. That's true. Chris. <laughs> He's only being shot from certain angles this year, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, yeah, we just didn't want to be that channel that went through all the back and forth and gave you false information and false hope and false predictions. So we're back with solid stuff and uh, we're happy to be back. And we just hope that everyone, both players, staff, and everyone who isn't in the MLB is safe. Absolutely. Victor, right, you so have your papers? Uh, I, I don't have any papers, man. I forgot. It's okay, though. I'll throw my lap. Okay. No, no, <laughs> All right, well, this has been our call to the pen. See you later. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>